got to work on that, but I never use it. <laughs> oh, what's that? You know how you have to have your, um, you say it all the time. So effortlessly, I work with um, such oh, and such. Okay. Um, okay. You know, that thing. And I don't have it down because I never use it and I need to. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. Okay, but I'm ready whenever you are. So I think we are live. And sometimes when I look at it on, on the screen, I don't, I can't tell just yet. Okay, so we're live. All right. So this is excellent. Let me just do the introduction that I'm going to share it out. So hello, everyone. Welcome to a Queen's Roundtable show, which happens every second and fourth Sunday of the month at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, let me go back here just one second. Okay. So it is, I know we are getting started a little, a lot after time today. We had a lot of technical difficulties. You know, the all of the technology, when it works, it works. When it doesn't, it doesn't. They've updated Be Live. So that kind of threw me a little bit and we had to think fast and come up with another plan, but we are here. And I have a phenomenal guest today, and I'm so excited to get started. And those of you that are able to join us live, we that's great. Please leave whatever questions or comments you have. I will check in and make sure that we answer and you know answer you and acknowledge that you were there. Um, and for those of you that will catch the replay, please just put replay viewer and still feel free to answer. I mean, to ask any questions that you may have. So. Again, I'm Jacqueline Kabai Harris, and I am your host for A Queen's Roundtable Show. Again, which happens every second and fourth Sunday of the month. I bring on a different entrepreneur, a coach or a consultant, or a, I have interviewed a, a wide range of individuals. And we always talk openly and honestly about the entrepreneurial journey, as well as sharing specific you know, techniques with you to help keep you motivated, encouraged, and to feel supported in your entrepreneurial journey. So without further ado, I'm going to let my guest introduce herself. Hello everyone, I am Kizzy Staten Gray and most important part of me is that I am a woman of God. So I value that above everything else. Uh, I also am a wife of 23 years, a mom to five biological children and I homeschool, also an entrepreneur author, certified life coach, and I do a, also run a um, graphic website design business. So I wear many hats and that's what we'll talk about on today. Thanks for having me, wonderful Jacqueline. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I'm so yes. happy to have you here. I'm still sharing out. Just give me one second. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what, while I'm still sharing out, Go ahead and just kind of let us know a little bit about yourself. Like, where did you grow up? You know, are you from a small family, a large family? Just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay, so I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. I am, some of the things I love, my hobbies, I love dancing. You put the right song on and I cannot keep still, okay? Um, I love bike riding. It gives me such a solace and a peace. And I love treasure hunting is one of my favorite things to do. And you say treasure hunting. Yes, I go thrift shopping. And that's one of my favorite pastimes because it's really like treasure hunting to me. And so I always find so many quality value things in there. Um, so 
those are some of the things that I enjoy doing, uh, spending time with friends and family, of course, and, um, you know, being a blessed to be a blessing. And that's what I choose to live my life because I believe that it comes full circle and comes back to you. So yes, that's what I do. Absolutely. Wow. Those are some of the fun things about me. So, you know what, tell us a little bit about, I know you said your mother of five, like how, how many children do you have? And I'm just, I know I'm curious myself and I'm pretty sure some other women may be curious. How did, how did the, well, tell us the ages and you know, if you have girls and boys and tell us how did it come about for you to begin to homeschool? Okay. Well, I um, have ages 10 through 19. So my youngest is 10. My next step is, he's, his name is Dallas, he's 10. Next up is Darius, who's 12. Next up is Darren, who's 13. Uh, and DJ, who is, his name is Daryl Jr. DJ, who is 17, and Dara, who is 19 and is in college. So I've graduated one from homeschool and I have one graduating this year as well. Um, initially, I started off with my children in private school because I taught in a in the uh, school system. So initially, in college, I worked in a public school sector, and then um, later on, I worked in a private school system. And I knew that this is the type of lifestyle I wanted for my children. Um, and I saw the great difference they made in their education, what their um, knowledge span was, their grade levels exponentially soared by private school. So I knew that's what I wanted to do. But while I was there, this is before having children, I learned about homeschooling. Well, I never thought that I'd be able to do it because I'm thinking, how could we live off of one income with such a large family? So I really um, discounted being able to do so. But when I took an evaluation of all the money I spent with two in private school and three in daycare, I, my entire salary was going towards education. So it didn't, we didn't take a loss and it wasn't a hit for us to come home. Now it is a sacrifice, but it was definitely um, worth doing because you know there's so much value in homeschooling and uh, many people see it today as grown. It's a, it's, a, it's a huge movement. It's not just um, the Quakers doing it, <laughs> but it is a huge movement and a lot of people are um, jumping on board. And even the public school system now offer K-12 programs nationwide. So um, there's options available and it's not um, as intent. Well, people think that you have to have all this red tape to you know, get through all the red tape to begin doing it, but you do not have to have a degree in teaching and or be licensed or all these different things. Um, and, this, and the regulations are different by state. So you just would need to find out in your hometown what um, works for you. Wow, because yes. you know what, you're absolutely right. That's the first thing I think is that you have to have, you know, be like a certified teacher or. Yes. And I have to admit, you're the first, I think you're the first or maybe the second. Maybe the first person I think that I've actually come across that that that's actually doing it, you know. So, yeah, you know, I know it, it's always kind of interests me a little bit. I mean, not necessarily to do it, but, <laughs> but, you know. And so, yes. I'm, I'm there's some other women out there that may listen to this broadcast and think, like, you know, well, what what would I need to do? And I know that that's not what, you know, that that's not our topic for today, but. 
I'm pretty sure that that may pique some people's interest mm -hmm. in terms of like how, you know, like, is it a lot involved? And from what you're saying now, it doesn't sound, you know, yeah. it doesn't sound like it's, um, you know, like you said, a lot of hurdles to jump, I guess, if you will, in order to be able to do it. Right. So. Yes. And it's not a lot of legal um, matters that you have to um, endure, but it is definitely doable. And if someone is interested, they can reach out to me. I do um, have a website where I give that information and I've written a book about homeschooling for people who are not aware and just like a, that debunks a lot of the rumors and myths that they've heard. And so I've written about that as well because it is not popular within our community, but it is growing in the minority community um, quickly. Um, and so that is something that I'm willing to share with others if they do have questions and they can reach out to me directly on social media and uh, inbox me or on my website at kizzystateandgray.com. Okay, excellent. You know what, I have one more question about that. When you, mm -hmm. how do you, for, for individuals that may say, well, I'm, you know, I would like to homeschool. However, I'm concerned about the socialization piece you know, the, the, oh energy. my gosh. Yeah. So how, just, just kind of just briefly speak to that. Cause that, that's like one of, one of my top questions, I guess. Yeah. So there are so many opportunities to socialize your children. In fact, there are so many, um, events, activities, um, extracurricular activities, sports, that you honestly will have to turn down opportunities because there's just so many to participate in. And I uh, found that out um, by being part of co-ops and homeschool communities where I'm actually a director in a program now in a homeschool community. So I do that too. So that's another hat that I wear. Um, and I teach in Williamsburg community, Williamsburg community um, which is an hour out from where I live once a week, um, other homeschool children. So all of these homeschoolers come together um, to learn their subjects and go home and implement what they've learned. So they may spend one day a week in community and then um, also take field trips together. Also, we have a separate uh, community uh, where we live in King William County of Virginia that has like um, so many, like um, nearly a hundred homeschool families that do PE every week. So um, there's so many things to participate in, homeschool sports, homeschool debate teams, homeschool, you name it, they have it. Um, or you can pick a la carte places where you can go sign your child up to take a home economics class or a chemistry class where they can get their lab time with other students. So they will not be isolated and unsocialized and grow up weird and not be able to communicate effectively or stand on their own. And let's just think about it. Think about Simone Biles. She's, she's been homeschooled. Now she's doing well. She's got, you know, she's leading the way with medals for gymnastics in the whole world right now. And so she's a homeschooler. I mean, well, not any longer, but she was, she was homeschooled. So it doesn't mean that we come out socially inept and, and, and capable of expressing ourselves and, and blending with people. And that's the myth. And those were some of the myths I debunk in my book, um, Homeschool is Not What You Think. And so, um, yeah, definitely reach out to me about that. Wow, I love that. Okay, nice. I didn't know she was homeschooled. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when, on certain levels, they can't go to normal school and still practice and do all of those things. They have to be pulled out and be homeschooled. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess that that makes sense with all of the traveling and all of the, mm -hmm. like you said, 
practice and the work that, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yes. So mm-hmm. you, so you um said that the area that you live in now, you, that's the area that you grew up in or not too far from that area? No, actually, yeah. um, one thing that's unique to what, how we're, where and how we're living right now, I grew up inner city, um, I guess really on the on outskirts, the suburbs. And um, we also always lived that way with our children, even going to private school. Um, but then we were gonna move and relocate, but we wanted to give our children a different experience. And so what we did was move what we call to the country. So we moved to a rural area where there's nothing but farmland for miles and miles and miles and no stores nearby, any of that stuff. So. We, my family jokes and calls me Green Acres because we live out on six plus acres and we have chickens and we have a big farm area where we're growing a huge garden, like a huge field. And so people say, um, you know, so we've gone from city to country, from being a city slicker to a country girl. So I'm a country girl now, so somewhat. <laughs> so, but it was a huge culture change for us, for the children. Um, but I think we're doing well and we've adapted well to the area. So, um, yes, so that's a, something unique about how we have transitioned from okay. one state of living to another. Nice. Okay. I think I interviewed one other young lady and she told me that they live on a farm and they have chickens and other, some other animals, yes. I think, horses. And I can't remember what else she listed, but I think you're mm-hmm. like the second person. So that's, that, that's kind of cool. So Let's yes. dive into the. We want to get horses, so hopefully in the future. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, horses are expensive, right? They are. That's why we don't have them yet. But, but that's on the um, to-do list. Okay. Hopefully, on the goals. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your business. Tell us again. I know you have the graphic design business, but tell us again about mm-hmm. your businesses and what is the why behind like what how did you come to do what what you do today well I started graphic design working in um, ministry I was employed in ministry uh, which we would have tons of people come every year and submit um, pamphlets and material requesting money from churches to get funded for their vision, organization, what have you. And they would submit some really crappy material. And I would look at this and like, who's going to believe this? Would you submit this to like Shark Tank or anyone like that? Who's going to believe your the, the seriousness of the mission that you're trying to accomplish if you're sending in shoddy work? And so I was thinking, you know, I would just start doing this, um, redeveloping people's brand um, or doing a facelift on their image. And it just basically started off wanting to do this as a give back to people in the community, as well as I would automatically do things um, that were free pro bono for my friends. So for my job and all of that was extra to my work responsibility but I did it to help other people out. And people kept calling on me to ask me to do these different things. So pro bono for years, I was doing stuff for free for people. Then I had a girlfriend say, I think you should start a business. So when I came home and start working and start homeschooling my children, she said, you need to just do this as a business. I was like, who me? I have no degree in this. I have no training, no skills. 
I mean, uh, I haven't trained professionally at all. And then next thing you know, I did. I went and launched out, got a business a license, started working. And since then, I have designed for um, a couple of NBA players and um, Miss Haiti. And I have clients around internationally from UK, from uh, Haiti, from other countries who've reached out to me. And it's been word of mouth. I have not advertised, but like maybe twice once on Facebook, like twice on Facebook, actually. Um, and I'm talking about purchase one of those ads. Mm-hmm. I've done that like twice. And um, other than that, it's been word of mouth for years. And that was in 2010 when I got started. So all these years later, it's just been word of mouth because it's just me. I haven't expanded because of my workload and all that I have on my plate. I haven't expanded my business beyond word of mouth. So yeah, um, and it's, it's amazing what God will do if you yield your gift to him and not bury that talent. And it's something that he was able to use, even though I didn't have confidence in the area to do so. He's proven to me that he could, you know, redeem the gifting and the and skill set that I have. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That is so amazing that um, God is faithful. That, you know, like you say, you haven't done all these ads and a whole lot of advertising because I know and my, myself included until, you know, here recently, just the power of word of mouth and actually actually really, really going in, in, into it from a different perspective of, like you said, just helping other people, you know, like you yes. weren't initially like, oh, you know, this is going to be my business and I'm going to charge this. I'm going to charge that. No. So just initially just seeing a need. No, and- I was pushed. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but but you, know, you went into it. Yeah. With, you just wanted to help other people. You wanted to you help other people using a gift that that you have, you know, which is the gift of being able yes. to actually design something because you, you have to be creative and, you know, you have to be, it's, it's like you have to, you're taking someone's vision and like bringing it to life, you know, so that, that, yes, that's amazing. exactly. And you've been doing that for how so many I've years? I've learned for almost 10 years. Next year will okay. be 10 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know you, I know you have another business. Yeah, so I do. I'm a certified life coach and I have been doing that for um, two years now. And so um, basically I am working to um, encourage and empower women to awaken their inner greatness, to radically transform their lives, business and motherhood gracefully and into purpose. And also with homeschooling as well, because um, again, being a homeschool mom or being a stay at home mom, I didn't see the value that I had to still offer to others. And so even in that process of discovering my own talents, my own purpose and my own vision, all of these things, now I was able to give back to people who I could recognize even from a distance that they too are battling with insecurities, not recognizing their talents and just knowing there's greatness already locked in on the inside of you and being able to develop it and cultivate that in other women has been a rewarding experience because I'm always been the biggest cheerleader for someone else. You know, I'm cheering for the underdog, the outcast, the downtrodden. I am always a fan of building other people up. And so that's what I did naturally. And then someone reached out to me, even on social media, and asked me if I wanted to be a coach, you know, just, and I'm like, she was like, you already do this so much. And so I went through the training process and 
I decided to go ahead and do this. And so now this is another income stream for my family, for my household. And it's something that's a natural bent and a natural flow. Nice. Yes. Wow. I love it. Yeah. And you and you, you're right. It has to, it has to come from within. You know, I'm I'm yes. a firm believer of when you're walking in purpose, you know, it, mm-hmm. it has to come from within, you know. Yes. Um, and like you said, the uh, certification is just, you know, kind of icing on the cake, you know. Icing. Mm-hmm. Yes. But like you said, most most people from what, what I hear when I interview people, young ladies, is that they've been doing it like informally for years. Yes, that's you know? the truth. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the truth. So, 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 and what's the name of your coaching business? So I just operate under my name right okay. now. So everything can be under one um, umbrella, KizzyStatenGray.com. And so I do have other websites. So my other websites, I have three other websites, but my other websites is just for my graphic design, but for, in terms of um being a consultant with homeschooling or business, and as well as being a coach, I put it all up under the same umbrella so that <laughs> I don't have too many places to manage because you know how it is when you manage so many Facebook groups and pages and all of that. You know, I just kept it under one roof that time. Yes, I believe I, I totally understand. I totally understand because you, yeah. <laughs> you have a lot of different, you know, responsibilities and a lot, you know everything. You have a family, you know, your, your wife, you, you know, are running these two businesses. So, you know, I, I, I totally get it. You know, you don't yes. want to switch yourself too thin, you know, and I know you have exactly. other in the community as well. Yes, absolutely. Eyelash one in my eye. So, uh-uh. oh yeah. So, <laughs> a little weird. Thing. I know how that is. It's never pleasant. Right. I don't even have any eyelashes. <laughs> okay. We all do. I know, just, you know, from time to time. Like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. So let, let me ask you this. <laughs> what would you say has been your biggest challenge that you, you'd be willing to share with us? Whether, you know, it's a personal challenge, whether it is a professional challenge, but, you know, share something that you're comfortable sharing with us. Tell us what that challenge was. Sure. Or is and how you have managed to, you know, effectively address it. Sure, and I I love what you do. Uh, when I first saw that you are a confidence coach, and I recognized that that is what I struggled in so badly. Okay, and so that would that would have been my key component. I didn't believe in myself. I had low self-esteem. I did, wasn't confident. I was um, questioning my own skill set, my own abilities to perform well. Even though I pride myself in being um, a person of excellence in everything that I do, I just didn't think my good was good enough not to serve others independently as an entrepreneur. And so that was a struggle for me now. So I have held um, many positions of authority in in my employment. So I've been executive director of businesses where I've had total autonomy of how the business was run. It was almost like it was completely mine. And I've done and I've been in a position where I've managed people and I've had employees of over, you know, over 30 employees or more and having to be responsible for major budgets and 
um, budgets for $64,000 a month budgets where I've had to manage and hire uh, and accounts payable, receivable and hiring and firing, all of these things. So I'm great in birthing, giving birth to someone else's vision and supporting it and running with it with the torch. However, when it came to believing in myself and my own and stand alone, I felt so vulnerable and so just, you know, I, I just didn't feel that I could do that. Like who would believe in me as an individual? Like I can cheer you on and help you get to where you need to be and help you birth a vision and help support you. I'm a great support system. And one of my giftings is hospitality. And so I've always been great at just helping other people, but I didn't realize that, you know, I have something to offer independently. And so that was my biggest struggle with believing in myself and seeing myself for um, what God had put on the inside of me that I could serve my gifts and serve my talents to the world as an individual. And so I struggled. So even that impacts everything. It impacts how you show up. It, it impacts how um, your delivery, it, it, your, and people can smell a lack of confidence a mile away in business. And so it also impacts my price line. So I wasn't charging well. I, I wasn't charging my worth. I, um, you know, I was just really lowballing things because I didn't have confidence in my skill set. So even though I could pr uh, produce good quality work, I felt like I don't have a degree in this. I haven't been properly trained. So how could I charge these prices? And, you know, and so when you have a struggle with prices, it's a, it's a really the deeper rooted issue is your confidence level. It's not a matter of your skill. It's a matter of the inward battle within you. And so that has been my biggest struggle. And so I'm no longer in that place. I don't mind charging now my worth and then charging my experience and all of that. But that was something that has hindered me for years. Again, I'm coming upon 10 year anniversary and it took me all the way until 2016 to even recognize the real issue, the real problem. And it wasn't even beginning to get corrected until 2017. So we're talking about a couple of years here, developing confidence, understanding my worth, my value, all of that stuff. So, yeah, so that was the biggest struggle. But isn't that, you know, and I, I just want to say, I really appreciate you sharing that. And I know, you know, we, we've talked about it briefly, you know, previously, but that, you know, that piece of the puzzle, I think is so important because I think a lot of times, you know, we, we have these talents, but, or, or we, we have these, we have these wonderful talents, mm -hmm. but we have a difficult time. Like, like th that's not the first time I've heard that. Like the whole mm -hmm. following piece or yes. behind my name, or I don't have that behind my name. Mm -hmm. um, you know, why would people, you know, why would people want to, you know, pay me for this particular service or pay me this amount of money for this mm -hmm. particular service or that whole imposter syndrome, you know, yeah. why, you know, why are people going to want to listen to me? You know, mm -hmm. why am I an expert in this area? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of, a lot of those internal struggles go yes. on for periods of time. And, yes. and, and until you actually really realize what's at the root of it, you know what I mean? You're going to, you, you're going to continue to kind of limit yourself. You yes. Know? 
and as, as a lot of the coaches or a lot of the lingo out there, what they say is get in your own way. You know, yeah. <laughs> and people don't really realize that, but it's like, you can sit with all of these business coaches and, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe sit with the person that, that their expertise is Facebook ads or social media experts. Right. But the thing of it is, if you don't really feel or don't really believe in yourself, like you said, that's going to come across, you know, or it's going to show up, it's going to manifest manifest itself in ways such as um, underpricing your services. Um, Maybe you're not going to consistently show up. Right. You know, and there's a host of other ways that, that it can present itself, but until you actually really acknowledge it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's when, that's when the real work begins. Cause you, cause you can't yes. rectify any sort of a problem, right? Until you yes. actually acknowledge it as a problem or an issue, you know, Definitely. and, and, and I know this always comes up too, when I interview other women is that some, some of us have so many titles behind our names. oh I'm a CEO and I have a PhD and you know I have a certification in this and Mm -hmm. they have all of these degrees but behind closed doors they don't really feel worthy of abundance they don't feel worthy of success they don't feel worthy of happiness right yes it's like it's it's self-sabotaging yourself because even though you have all these titles you have all this experience you have all of this you know knowledge and so on and so forth but if you don't really believe in yourself and your abilities, it's, you, you know what I mean? You're still going to limit yourself. You're still going to stay within that, that little box. Yeah. You know? So I think it's so important to acknowledge that. And thank you for bringing that up. So how did you, how did you begin to come out of that? I know, I know that the, the first step is to be aware of it. Yes. So just, you know, and I know this, this is probably can be a conversation in itself, but Share, you know, for some people that may be listening that may feel the same way, they're like, oh my God, yes, I feel, you know, I feel that. And I know, you know, I just recently realized that I'm struggling with that. How, I mean, so tell us, how did you, how did you begin to move, to move in the right direction, to begin to feel more confidence in, in yourself and your abilities? Yes, absolutely. So, um, so there are several things that breeds confidence and it is knowing what it is that you're doing. Sometimes um, if you don't know specifically what you're doing and you're not knowledgeable of a certain um, subject matter or um, a certain skill set, then that you will be weak and you won't show up powerfully. And so one of the things is extending your, broadening your knowledge base, um, developing and honing in on your skill set. Um, But the other thing that I think was so important for me then that really helped me to get over was recognizing who I am as a believer, who I am in Christ. And so first I had to find my own identity that I am who God made me to be and that I am loved and I am accepted and all of these things because the root stem of where my troubles lied was a spiritual thing. deficiency. And this was because I um, didn't recognize at the time. And again, I had a whole awakening in 2016. Um, I had an awakening to the fact that I was um, wrestling my whole entire life with rejection and a spirit of abandonment, 
I was um, wrestling with an orphan spirit. And these are deep rooted issues that manifest in other ways. And so for me, it manifested in perfectionism, people pleasing, wanting to get the applause of man and the praise of man. And that is not really necessarily self-serving. And it's, it's really jumping to the beat of someone else's rhythm. And I had to learn that I had to detract, look introspectively, do some evaluations, um, and just look at my triggers, look at what um, was my motivations were, what my motives were for um, serving and doing what I do. Mm -hmm. Recognize, so I had to locate myself. So like you, and I always reference this, like you could go to an amusement park and it says you are here and you know you're trying to get across the park to maybe the kitty land or somewhere else. And you have to recognize, okay, this is where I am. Like you said, first identifying yourself. This is where I am. These are the things that are impacting me. Um, I have low self-esteem. I don't believe in myself and I need others to cheer me on and to in order to feel accepted, to, to believe in myself. And so if no one else is telling me, I don't feel that. So I had to begin to de develop my own confidence in me aside from every other voice. And I think part of that coming home, even um, being at home where I didn't have someone praising me or patting me on my back and it's just me and the kids. So I had all these other voices removed and God was showing me me. And there is something to be said about getting alone and discovering and listening to your own thoughts and hearing um, and, and discovering who you are at, at the core of your being. When, when everyone else is gone and the voices are gone and the praise is gone, discovering who you are for yourself. And so that was um, strategically um, and vitally important for me. So what I began to do was to listen and work on my personal development. So I listened to motivating messages I listened to um, uh, even inspirational uh, messages, people's testimonies, autobiographies, looked at where people started, um, listening to several ministers. And I just doused myself in building up my own esteem on my own. So I went to a school on my own. And I mean, I call school YouTube University and I learned how to do, and it's true, I learned how to do a whole lot of things on there and I teach my kids you know, I don't have to have all the skill set and know-how, but we can figure it out on YouTube University. And so one of the things I did was listen to motivational messages, whether it was TED Talks, whether it was um, Les Brown and different people like that, or um, Jim Rohn and different uh, ministers. And I build myself up. So I begin to pour into me, pour and fill my own cup because I was so depleted and so withdrawn and so... Um, overdrawn by giving to everyone else that I had to learn for myself. This is who I am. I am who God says I am, regardless of what my circumstances look like, regardless to how other people don't recognize me or um, whatever that is. I had to see myself for who I am and who he's created me to be. And even if I don't feel it, I'm going to walk as if it's so, and I'm going to walk it out in the confidence that I may be faking it till I make it or my friend would say faithing it until we make it. And I had to do that thing. So since then I've had to put where the rubber meets the road and had to um, implement these strategies. Even when I didn't feel it, I had to walk into boardrooms and represent Kizzo Designs and my business full of um, 
a boardroom full of men sitting there and I'm the only female and I'm the only minority in the room wow. and the only person of my kind there and present and do different things that I never would have thought I had to do, but God opened these doors for me. And I feel like my, my, my key um, role is marketplace ministry. So I am to be the light in the marketplace and I'm not to be, you know, the, I may never have a platform and uh, anywhere else or in church or all that, but I feel like ministry takes place in everyday life. And where some people may never ever cross the threshold of church, I am to be the church wherever I go. And so if that's in a grocery store, if that's in a boardroom, if that's in um, business at a Starbucks and we're meeting to conduct business, that's where it takes place. And now I'm supposed to be the hands and feet in the earth. And so that's what I um, aspire to do. And so I fill myself up um, and stir my own faith up in the things of God. And so that has helped me overcome my negative self-image, my negative self-talk, um, my sabotaging spirit and all of these different things that have just caused me to crumble and not believe in me. I love it. That is so powerful. Wow. That is so powerful, Kizzy. Whew. It's been so a work. Like you said, it's, it's not, it's a journey and it's a path. So we don't get there overnight, but it's, it's a constantly going forward and moving in that whole process and letting that inner work begin. Because like you said, that's where the work begins. When we begin to look inward, there's so many um, quotes that I can think of, but one is like, we're be the change you want to see in the world. So if you're expecting things to happen or things to change in your life, circumstances, whether it's your relationship, if it's your marriage, if it's your workplace, or if it's your children, the change must begin within you. And nothing changes until you change. And once you accept the change, once you recognize where you are and locate yourself, then you can begin to do that inner work, which is one of the hardest things to do is see your face in the mirror, recognize um, where you are and what's going on with you and to face it, to face the music and begin to do that developing work. And that is really, really crucial to your well-being and overall well-balanced in all areas because until you do that inner work, you will repeat the cycle. It will come like a freight train, repeating in your life, picking the same wrong guys, picking the same wrong jobs, people gravitating to you because you are insecure, people gravitating to you because you have low self-esteem, people treating you like a doormat, people walking on top of you until you stop it, recognize where you are, and begin to change, nothing else will change until you change. And so that's what I had to recognize. Hey, my life is going in a spiraling condition and it's very cyclical and I've seen so many patterns repeat in my life. I didn't want to continue that anymore. So I had to, you know, stop and flip the script. Now I can change the narrative of my life. I can rewrite the script. There's a plot twist coming up and it starts with me and I have to change it for my own good, for my own sanity, and to be a blessing to others. And so you cannot continue to keep pouring out uh, and, and feel um, confident when you are very low and running on fumes. Yep, pour into yourself. And yes. you know, and, and the thing is, it sounds simple, you know, but it's not gonna happen overnight, you know? And if you're at a place where, you know, and, and, and this happens with, with, with a lot of us, you know, just even, even starting like when you get married, you have children, it's usually no longer, you know, about you, 
Yes. Everything is focused on, you know, raising your children, you know, being a mother, being a wife, Mm -hmm. um, whatever responsibilities you have in terms of your career, you know, in in, in the church and the community. And we're so busy pouring out. Yes. You know, that that we're not we're not replenishing, which we're going to we're going to get into that a little bit more because that that that's your that's your topic. So before we dive into that, I want you to answer what advice would you give a younger version of yourself? And then after that, I want you to go into how do you practice good self-care and then dive into your topic. Okay, so that's a mouthful. (laughs) So what would I say to my younger self? Uh, First of all, I would speak to who she is and who she was created to be. You are born to be a winner, to be a champion. There's greatness locked on the inside of you um, and you just have to bring it out. And so you have to look for and find your giftings and find what it is that you're called to do your purpose and how you're going to serve the world. And once you figure that out, you'll be able to do that with God's grace to be able to serve others. But if you don't know who you are and you're walking through life aimlessly, and if you thought you found, and like me, I found my identity in my children. I found my identity in my marriage. I found my identity in all the things that I did, but I didn't know who I was. And I didn't discover that until a couple of years ago, literally, I didn't figure out who I was and what my purpose on earth was. And so you wander around aimlessly and not fulfilling and carrying out your destiny assignment. So I would speak to her destiny and speak to her purpose and speak to um, what she could do, what she could accomplish and that she wouldn't hold herself back and not be limited by her experiences and not to be limited by what has happened in her past um, because that younger version of me was also um, wounded in so many ways by um, molestation, date rape, um, stalking, and all kinds of cyclical things that kept happening, repeated offenses. And so that really robbed her identity of becoming who she was because that definitely stole her confidence. And so I would speak to her, build her up, show her that she's more and she's greater than what she sees now in her circumstances. And so that um, tell her to um, begin to believe in herself. And so I think that's so vitally important to your outcome in life, what you're capable of doing and what you're capable of of achieving. Because if no one speaks to that part and if you don't nurture it yourself, and if there isn't anyone else putting and watering and nurturing that for you, then it can be a struggle and there could be a failure to launch. There could be um, just... A mundane life where it's unfulfilled. And so I would definitely speak to um, establishing her confidence and self-esteem and knowing who she is in Christ and that there's purpose even in the pain. There's purpose even throughout um, all of the, the, the hurtful places and that God can use all of that. He can give you beauty for ashes and he can restore all that was lost and bring it better um, and bring you forth as pure gold and that you don't have to come and be a wounded, um, damaged goods. And you don't have to look at yourself that way anymore, but that you can look at yourself the way God sees you and he calls you his own and you are loved in the apple of his eye. So I would definitely speak to that so that 
she would be given an opportunity earlier on in life and wouldn't take until four after 40 to reach these <laughs> determinations about herself. So yes, that's definitely what I speak to. And what was your second question? Well, before we go into that, let me stretch a little bit. Ugh, it's been kind of a, a long time. You know, we, we've been we've been at this now. So hours, so forgive me. Everybody. Yes, we have. Woo, but you know what? I mean, they, I'm, I, I feel really touched and, you know, yeah, I feel really touched and, you know, kind of a little on the emotional side. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, this is this is real talk. Yes, it is. And, you know, it's not, you know, pretending. That's why I like to do this live. But yes, just, just to hear you speak about that, you know, because I know that there's probably some women out there that, you know, may just feel like it's too late, you know, and it's never too late. You know, it isn't too late. 50s. You know, it's never too late. But I think what, what happens is a lot of times, a lot of us may just kind of walk through life, you know, just going through the motions, you know, um, just just go, just going through the motions and it'll it'll manifest itself in a way where we'll, you know, experience a lot of anxiety, we'll experience a lot of depression. And it's because we, you know, after our children get older, you know, maybe maybe we've divorced, you know. It's just this kind of this this empty feeling like, well, what am I supposed to be doing? And, you know, mm -hmm. you just don't feel aligned, you know, and I, yes. I like to refer to it as that that blah feeling, you yes. know, but to me, that's a pretty good indication that there's some work that needs to be done, um, you know, and whether you do it through meditation, whether you journal, um, yes. see a therapist, you know, and I know like, you know, and that, that's a whole nother subject, but mm -hmm. the whole stigma of, you know, mental illness, you know, within our communities and so forth. Um, but it can be, it can be reached in a lot of different avenues, you know. I agree. Um, so I just, I, I, I just think, you know, because for some, some of you ladies out there, like I say, you just kind of maybe going through the motion. So that may be a pretty good indication that there's some additional work that needs to be done. Or if you have your own business and you know you're not showing up in the right way. Mm -hmm. you know, um yes not fulfilling whatever goals you set for yourself mm -hmm. if you, you know are so busy cheering other people on but you lose all of that you know cheer when it comes to yourself those may be some indications that there's some deeper you know things going on and it's it's worth it you know it's not going to happen overnight you know because I know like in today's society everything is so you know, instantaneous, you know, yes, it is. right now, you know, but this, this type of work, it's not going to happen overnight. Just like you don't become a millionaire overnight, typically. Right. <laughs> you know, some of us may hit the lottery, but, you know, but for the average person, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. So, you know, be yes. patient with yourself, you know, be loving, be understanding with yourself and just, and just keep, you know, every day is a new day mm -hmm. you know, to, you know, work on yourself. And as Kizzy said, to pour into yourself. So yes. the next question was how do you ensure that you practice good self-care regularly and then that can segue you into your topic which is the importance of self-care okay so I so there are so many ways of practicing self-care mm -hmm. um, oftentimes people think that okay you need to go to the spa get your nails done take a vacation and you know get your hair done and be on a regular schedule with that and um, all of that. Now, so those things are wonderful. And those, that is a form of self-care. And those, those are more grandiose things of um, ways of implementing self-care. But there are some more practical ways 
um, of implementing that are um, low cost or uh, free even that you can implement that will be so um, important to your well-being. And so a lot of times we think of those grandiose things like just going to the spa, well, that may not necessarily be restorative in, uh, in getting you to the place that you need to be. Um, and so it could be welcomed, but think about the small tasks that you can do and just getting um, alone time, getting some time to think by yourself listening to music, watching your favorite movie, going for a walk around the block by yourself alone without any devices, unplugging from um, all kinds of, from everything, from social media, from anything, taking breaks. The whole thing is being able to take time, slow down, take a step back, take a break to pour into yourself and whatever that is. So there's so many levels of that you can address because one of the things I talk about is the total package. So you want to be able to uh, address self-care um, spiritually, emotionally, physically with, you know, exercise and drinking water, get enough rest. Um, also emotionally pulling away from people that detract from you or that are bringing you down, if they're pulling you down, if they're negative and um, just pulling your energy and draining you, then you definitely want to pull back from that and, and cut these ties and strings in your life. But if you know also that you're not in a place where you need to be spiritually, and you're not developing your spirit man and your spirit man is weak, then that's something also that you need to give attention to. So it's not any one way and self-care is going to look different um, according to the person who needs it. So there are a myriad of ways that can, um, you, of things that you can do, small tasks that you can do. In fact, right now I'm doing a 21 day self-care um, challenge. And so we're just doing a small task each day to build self-care. And so it could be um, like decluttering your home office or your bedroom, because if you walk in and you don't have peace, everything's all out of sorts, that, that process, is a form of self-care. So you getting um, into a restful place because oftentimes a lot of clutter causes anxiety and stress. And if you can't find your belongings and you can't get out the door on time and then you're running late and you're backed up in traffic and you know it just goes on, it spirals out of control, it's a domino effect and it's one thing impacting the other. So organization can help as well. So there's so many things that you can do um, to implement self-care and um, I just do small tasks. I get time to myself. I remember I have a coach and I think every, every good leader should have a coach of their own. So I am a coach and I have a coach. And one of the things she would say, you need 90 minutes of self-care a day. I'm like, 90 minutes? That's a whole lot. But then I've learned how to blend and how to, um, one of the things of in, implementing self-care is, is an activity of what we call blending. And that is if you're taking your child to um, practice of some sort, then that could also be my me time. So I can take that time to go in a parking lot, walk the parking lot. I can take my jump rope that I can fit in my purse and jump rope. I can do or take that time to sit in my car and read my book 
and not be distracted by devices because there's so many things vying for our attention. But if we can just pull away, steal away for a moment and gather ourselves, center ourselves or make our to-do list or make our grocery list or just do something for you that will help alleviate any stress because, um, you know, the number one thing that people go to the doctor's office about is stress. And so 80% of doctor's visits are stress related. And so there's a whole big study out there um, about uh, just being in a stressful society, you know, everything's go, 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 go. And we're on a fast pace and a wheel. And like you said, people want things instantaneously. However, uh, if we're able to slow our pace down then we could benefit from it because what the stress, anxiety, and tension does is it creates headaches, it creates um, problems with diabetes, high blood pressure, gastrointestinal diseases. Um, so even though we're processing through life and we're keeping a higher tempo than our mothers and grandmothers did back in the day, it has a, a side effect on our bodies. It's impacting us. People are on drugs and medicated more than ever before. Like we're just seeing alarming rates of people being on prescription drugs. And um, you know, you, spend, you experience your heart racing, your palms sweating, your stomach turning. And this is just normal things you experience in traffic and all of these things. And, and you know, because you didn't get out the house on time, now you're stuck. And so these things raises levels of anxiety that we don't even recognize it anymore because it's become a lifestyle. So um, wearing so many hats, we're juggling this and that. And, you know, we're no longer just multitasking, we're mega tasking. And so self-care looks different at various stages of your life. So self-care for undergrad is going to look different than a grad student. Self-care for um, a new wife is going to look different than a new wife who now has a first time being a first time mom. So self-care is going to look different. So you may have gone through various stages and what worked when you just had one kid may not work when you have five. And then so you just have to, you know, if you're now the CEO of a company, it may not be the same self-care as when you were just an employee. So your self-care is going to evolve. It's going to graduate. It's going to grow with you. You're going to have to implement differently at different stages. So you're going to see what works best for you. And so you just need to carve out time for yourself. For me, that's first thing in the morning before everyone wakes up and I can get some quiet time to myself. And so the house isn't awake, everything's not moving and shaking and, rub and rolling. I, I can get some time and get still and quiet by myself before everyone gets up. Because if I get up, when they get up, then I'm already behind the ball. They've already, I'm there to hit the ground running and I'm just in a huff and trying to get everyone out in a, in a tizzy and it's not working. So I have to get that time to, to myself to get out um, and to get solace, to get peace, to get grounded, to get stabilized. And so I implement a number of ways um, through a number of tasks and making sure I am getting rest and making sure I am drinking enough water, I'm hydrated. Hydration is a big key. And so, um, and people may not look at that as self-care, but a lot of times we're under hydrated. We think those hunger pains are, 
you know, because we're hungry, but it oftentimes is because we're dehydrated and manifests in a hunger symptom. And then we're overeating and then that causes more things. And then it's just this trickle on effect. So there's some things that we could do that um, just small tasks. And I um, have that even in a free download where we have a different task each day, just one small thing to implement self-care. And that free download is, let me see, I'm just going to put a plug in here at um, bit.ly, free download, 21 day self-care. And so that's a free download that you're able to um, use to just have a 21 day um, work, 21 days worth of tasks to implement to begin the healthy habit of implementing self-care because we know that 21 days is the beginning of starting a habit, okay. but you continue to push forth as research has shown to develop this habit. So we're going to implement a new habit of um, quality self-care and break old habits and cycles of neglect. And that's what I had done. And so it took me pain and um, neglect to get to the place where I wrote the book about 21 day transformational journal. And you were speaking about journaling earlier and part of me finding and discovering myself and where I am, locating where I am, what my issues were, what I needed to work on. I was able to journal it through. And this is what this is, it's a journal in here, but it also has um, other, I mean, it has information about the benefits of self-care, but it also has um, exercises in here. It has mental challenges like math games in here, crossword puzzles, coloring, something that's soothing, mazes, all those types of things in here that will help you um, to just withdraw, get to yourself, get in a quiet place and begin to write. Because once you face yourself in the mirror, like I said, and dig deep to do the introspective work, then we can evaluate where we are and begin to launch forward from that that soundboard of wholeness because uh, wholeness is available to us all, but we must first identify where we are. And oftentimes that can be a struggle for people who don't wanna get quiet, who rather remain busy and rather remain, um, you know, if, if we oftentimes don't wanna get quiet because we don't wanna hear the voice. We don't wanna hear ourselves speaking or our inner um, being um, revealing to us who we are, where we are, and all that. And that can be a scary thing, honestly. So we keep the radio on, or we have the TV on, or we scrolling on social media, or we doing this and that, and we're not pacing ourselves and, and, and withdrawing and unplugging. And that's an important thing to do to locate where you are. And again, if you wear many hats, if you are a, a boss lady, if you are in charge of things and you're running things and you're out here hustling and you're doing the most, you have to take time for you or you will burn out. Burnout is a real thing. Overwhelm is a real thing. Being stressful is a real thing. I've experienced it in my life and you often um, experience it from time to time in certain scenarios and certain cycles of life. And you don't want to do that because if you are pouring from it, you can't pour from it into cup, first of all. And if you're running on fumes, that you're no good to other people. So I always say a better me is a better you. Yep. So getting back to myself, I always say get back to me. And part of that is on here is talking about getting back to me. 
uh, and it's the back to me hashtag. And back to me means my enrichment. So the M-E is my enrichment because, you know, in this time, uh, September is self-care awareness month. And I know we're in October, but I'm bringing it up because in September, we're getting the kids back to school. We're getting our kids off to college. We're getting back to work. We're coming back from vacation. We're going back into our regular scheduled patterns and cycles of life. But let's get back to me, back to ourselves, back to care so that we're not neglected. We're not wearing so many hats and juggling so many things that we drop the ball. Mm -hmm. And then there are so many um, red flags that you're not implementing self-care. And some of the red flags are... Yeah, <laughs> and there are many. And so I've just uh, selected a few. Now, if you are frequently beating up on yourself, then you know you need to implement because you have an unhealthy um, image, self-image. And so that's something that you know needs to be addressed and you cannot let it fester and continue to go on or you'll begin to crumble. If you don't know how to relax, if you feel stressed most of the time, if you have a poor diet, then you need to implement self-care. If you feel alienated, alone, or empty, then you need to also implement self-care. If you allow people to use and manipulate you, then you definitely need to practice self-care. If you feel purposeless or life is without meaning, then you also need to implement self-care. And if you're chronically angry, depressed, or anxious, that's a huge red flag that you need to implement because what happens is you be, you'll get become so toxic if you let everyone detract from you and you don't pour back into yourself, then you feel like everybody just wants something from me. And that means you are at a place where you have given out. You are overdrawn like a bank account. You are overdrawn and you have nothing left to give. And that one more thing might push you over the edge and that's not where you want to be. That's in a volatile state in anything subject to happen. So if you're chronically angry or depressed or anxious, that's definitely a major sign that you have not implemented self-care and need to begin effective immediately, like today and whatever that is. And even if it's going to bed earlier tonight, shut the TV off, go to bed early, put the device away. Don't even sleep with the cell phone in your room. Just go to bed and relax so that you... Don't wake up late. Don't have to push the snooze button. You can get up earlier, feel refreshed, rejuvenated, and go to work with a positive attitude. But if you're going and you already stress before you get to work, you're not going to serve well there. And so in order to serve others from a place of abundance, you're going to have to get yourself care. So if you are, and especially if you are involved in an abusive relationship, you are not practicing self-care and you have a poor self-image. And that abusive relationship may not be physical at all. It could be emotional. It could be an emotional, um, verbal, mental, abusive place. And it doesn't have to come from a, um, a spouse. It doesn't have to come from someone that you're involved with. It can come from a leader in some organization that you're part of. It could come from a boss. It could come from other places. So it's not just subject to um, just being in relationship with the boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever. Yes. You know what? Elaborate a little bit more on that, because I think a lot of times when people think of being in an emotionally abusive relationship, they typically don't 
you know, talk about other areas. It could be a parent, it could be a sibling, it could be yes. a boss, and they don't and they don't typically think of verbal abuse. So just just briefly talk a little bit more about that. Like what what would that look like? Yeah. So if you are being manipulated in the workplace by a boss or a leader, and that's an abusive, um, stressful position. Uh, position to be in and it's causing you anxiety and you know that you're being picked on and then you might feel obligated to perform because you're trying to stick to um, a certain um, position or title or whatever but if it's not serving you you need to let it go and I have been in situations where I have been taken advantage of by a boss and it wasn't in a sexual way but it was in a way that they were just taking advantage of your kindness your niceness throwing extra weight on you, weight that they should have been carrying themselves, a weight that they could have delegated to someone else and thinking that, okay, I can give it to her because I know it's going to get done and I know it's going to get done well. And if these things are weighing on you, you need to evaluate where you are or your position. Now, if you, are, if you don't feel confident enough to speak up for yourself, then you need to remove yourself from that situation. And of course, with planning and with lining up the next thing, for yourself so that you're not in a deficiency at home financially, but you definitely need to remove yourself out of the environment. If that means um, applying and transferring to another department or even speaking up for yourself and telling them how you feel, get in there and get it out and say what you need to say or taking them to a superior and say that you've tried. But People will take advantage of them. That's another thing for people who are insecure in themselves and low self-esteem oftentimes get taken advantage of because we're empaths. If you're, if you're a compassionate person and you care about people, you're often taken advantage of. And so, and not all the time, but that's why you have to have healthy boundaries and parameters so that you don't let people use you and take advantage of you. But also if you're in a relationship with a person who always flips the script on you and makes you feel like you did something wrong when you know in your heart you didn't do anything, but they're always passing it on you. Like, and you find yourself saying, sorry, you know, I didn't mean to do that. And you're tiptoeing through the tools to please someone else. And you haven't even done anything wrong. That's an abusive situation because they keep blaming you for everything. You're under pressure. They're making you feel less than they're condescending and they speak to you in a condescending way and always putting you down. Then that, that relationship is no longer serving you. It's not serving. It may not have been serving you from the beginning, but maybe you didn't see it, but now evaluate where you are, see where you are and say, Hey, certain times people are in your life for a season and they need to be removed and you need to go on and be okay with that. Be okay with finding out who you are on the other side of this relationship and, uh, and it might be scary. You may not know how it's going to be to be alone or just have this overall fear of what, where am I going to go work at now or what kind of relationship am I going to have in the future? And just the fear of the own unknown keep people bound for years and years into bondages that they have no business being a part of. And so one thing in order to implement change, you got to step outside of your comfort zone and to get to the, your happy place. And so oftentimes we don't want to do that. So we remain in bondage. We remain beat up. And then our, our image, our self-image just, just dwindles and gets smaller and smaller. And we have a victim mentality. Okay. And so that victimization really is just self-defeating in so many ways. And so if you recognize that this is you, you have to implement self-care. And part of self-care 
And that situation is cutting ties. You got to do it. If you got to do it afraid, if you got to walk away and not know what the future holds, and maybe you with this person because they're financially keeping you stable and maybe you don't want to go struggle again, but baby, you got to get out. You got to get out of that situation for your well-being, or you're going to crumble under that. You're going to crumble. Even if it's family, even if it's family, Mm -hmm. even if it's a parent, even if it's a mom, you're going to have to pull back and separate. Say, Hey, I love you, but from a distance. I love you from over here and you're over there. I'm going to keep my distance. I might call and say, hey, I love you. I'm checking in, that type of thing. But if it's a parent, definitely remove yourself. I see it. I've seen coworkers who bend over backwards, whose adults, they're adult coworkers who their adult, of course, obviously parents are using and manipulating them, but they don't see it and they, gotta, they feel they got to jump through all these hoops and it's abuse. It's abuse. And if you don't put your own boundaries in place, or you're not strong enough to do it, then it will continue and mm-hmm. cause you stress, anxiety, or early grade. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a parent that's manipulative, you have to pull back into a safe place and say, Hey, I'm going to do this, but I'm not available for that. I'm going to be here and I'm going to show up for if you can, or if you feel it okay to do so, I might show up for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to you know, eat dinner with the family and then I'm going to withdraw or I'm going to show my face or I'm going to send a card or whatever it is. But if you need to remove yourself from the situation, then do so. Because if you remain there, then you are neglecting yourself. You are not being true to the core of who you are and you are crumbling under some part of you is dying because you're not living to your fullest by being subject to this abuse and type of behavior, mistreatment and neglect or whatever it is. You have to restore, refuel, replenish so that you can serve others well, or you will not live your best life. You just won't. You'll just wind up staying in bondage and in a stuck in a rut and not advancing. Right. Yes. Wow. This is so powerful. And I know we talk about this frequently, even if it's not the subject, you know, they're doing a training or on something else This always comes up because I think that you know, we as women, we have a tendency to do this. And a lot of times we've watched our mothers, our aunts, our grandmothers, you know, just constantly give, give, give. And not that giving is a bad thing. No. But you have to replenish, you know. You must. Yeah, you it, must. It can't be at your own expense because yes. you, know, you can't be there for anyone else. If, if you can't be there for yourself first, you can't be there for anyone else. Yes. So I just think that sometimes... And just as society in general, you know, constantly tells us that, you know, being, you know, that, that we're being selfish if we want too much for ourselves or we withdraw, no. we place limits or, you know, we have good boundaries. Somehow it's associated with being selfish, you know. It is. I, yeah. So and I, I think that's constantly ingrained in us by society as well as, you know, you know, our mothers, our aunts mm-hmm. and you know, what they tell us or mm-hmm. what we've seen them do. Yes, we've and, seen them model it. Yes. Right. And, and the same thing with all of the dysfunction in, you know, in families that a lot of us have, have grown up in, you know, yes. and a lot of us have seen our parents, you know, and I, I know myself included, you know, I've, I've seen my mother be physically and verbally abused, you know, as well as a number of other aunts, you know, yes. so, it, you, you know what I mean? So, it's yes. like that's what we've seen and that that's what has been normalized within our 
you know, our, our family structures in, in addition to all other sorts of things such as, you know, molestation and, and you know, we, we've seen a lot of that, you know, yes. so it, it's, it's, you know, as an adult, you know, some, sometimes because we grew up like that and we saw those types of things, it becomes normalized. And a lot of times we don't even realize it, but we fall into those same patterns or what you mentioned earlier, not in, you know, and I always do this. I, I try, I don't want to butt in, but you know, with so many different points I like to piggyback on the, how you mentioned about maybe seeing, um, seeing like a certain type of behavior. And then you end up inviting that same, you know, type of behavior into your life. You know, like maybe you witnessed a certain dynamic in, you know, your, your mother, your mom's and your dad's, you know, relationship. And then you begin to, in your adult life, you select a partner, you know what I mean? And you yes. to like imitate that same um, yes. negative behavior, you know, but yes. the thing of it is you have to be aware and it's never too late to break that cycle. And a lot of times people stay in that cycle because of fear. Yes. They, 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 they don't, they don't know any better. You know what I mean? Yes. They, and exactly. they fear going outside of that because they fear being alone. They fear, you know, um, rejection and just, you know, just fear of the unknown, just not knowing, Yes. you know, okay, well, if I leave this, it, you know, this is a nightmare. This is a, a hell, so to speak, but at least this is familiar to me. I know right. this, you know what I mean? Right. Like what's on the other side? I don't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. So they're stuck in a familiarity and you see that yeah. oftentimes, and even in the Bible where the um, people were being delivered from Egypt and they wanted to, as it got in the middle of the desert, they wanted to go back, go back to bondage because it was familiar. And now we have to really trust God to provide for our future. And they were afraid of their future. And so oftentimes people are afraid of the unknown. What's on the other side? What happens if I do walk away? What happens if I leave this job? What happens if I, you know, step out of my comfort zone where there could be much success on the other side. There could be people waiting for you to reach your destination. So because there's people waiting to hear your message, your, uh, your testimony. And so there is, there is so much life to be had outside of being stuck in a bondage place. And no, self-care isn't selfish. Self-care is self-love. It is restorative in nature. Self-care is also, um, it is, it is really so much love in self-care. And so um, people don't look at it that way, but it is self-love. It is um, healthcare. I, I consider it healthcare. It is also um, self-compassion. And so we need that for ourselves. So oftentimes we're harder on ourselves than we are on people. And we will say things to ourselves that we would never say to others. We beat ourselves up about things that we would never speak to someone else. And so um, I find that we have to evaluate our mindset. And, um, you know, one of the things that we all have, what we call um, automatic negative thoughts that happens for everybody. And so they're called ants. And what you have to do is squash them as soon as they yeah, appear. Automatic squash those, yes, automatic negative thoughts is what you call ants. And you got to crush those ants right off because if you allow it to fester, and develop um, a negative belief system about yourself, then you have all kinds of 
things that are working against you and it, be, it develops to a stronghold that you can't break out of, or at least it holds you captive for so long. And so if you arrest the thought as soon as it comes and say, no, that's not me, I am better than this, or whatever you have to say, positive affirmations for yourself. I have affirmations in the book as well. And we do affirmations on a daily basis on this challenge because you have to speak what you believe for yourself and may, you may not be there yet, but you have to begin to speak it, begin to believe it so that you can become it. Because one of the things that happens is um, before you can come out, before change can take place, your mind must be the first thing to come out. So once you make a decision that I'm coming out of this, I'm gonna do better, it starts with your mind. Your mind comes out first. And then you can go ahead and physically come out and physically remove yourself or physically do the change or physically, um, if you make a decision, I'm gonna lose the weight, then it starts in the mind first. So if you say, I can do it, I will do it. And I'm gonna start with the small baby steps and I'm gonna start with um, two pounds this month. I'm gonna do, I'm beginning walking after work, I'm walking on my lunch break. And you know whatever it is, your goal that you have set you can begin with those small baby steps. And that is self-care. That's implementing self-care, looking out for your well-being so that you no longer have to um, go through what it is you're experiencing. And like I said, if you want to end the year strong, we're in this fourth quarter. We're about to cross over into a whole new decade. If we want to end this year strong, then you need to implement self-care now, begin and make it a lifestyle for you. Before the holidays hit, and everything's shaking and rocking and rolling, you need to begin it now to begin to implement it and establish it as a lifestyle because you know, you know, when the holidays hit, everything's fast paced, we're working, we're trying to work a full-time job, get off work, tend to our children and cook dinner and get out and shop before Christmas or whatever it is, or companies coming over for Thanksgiving. You know, it's it the the fate, the pace just picks up faster and faster. Take off. <laughs> it just takes off. And then you're running behind the ball and that causes stress and anxiety. There's stressfulness that is attached and associated with holiday season. Mm -hmm. and, and then there's also, um, uh, if you wrestle with depression around this season, or if you wrestle with depression because a loved one is missing or lost, or you know whatever it is, then you have to implement self care, and and it starts in your mind. And so you want to go ahead and make these decisions and implement so that you are in a healthier place. And so I invite you to join the challenge. We're still doing it. We are on day thirteen. If this is a free download. And it began, it has already begun, but you can go back and catch replays. You can enter into the conversation. You can join the challenge and the journey with us. And there's, it's in a private um, Facebook group where we can um, share and discuss our, um, some of our, our journal entries or what's working for you or what aha moments are working to your advantage, all of these things. So I invite you to join. It's a free challenge, but if you want to have the deeper challenge, then you can get the book. And it's a 21 day transformational journal that has a myriad of things in here that, uh, that speaks to the whole you, mind, body, spirit. And then you can get that on Amazon and you can follow the link that I will go back and put in um, at the end of this broadcast. I'll put it in there for you so that you can definitely join us because we want you there. We want to continue discussion. We want you to be healthy. 
Um, and so there's an alarming rate of, especially African-American women who are experiencing a lot of health challenges and are dealing with so much because we juggle so much, we wear so many hats and we're expected to hold it down. We're expected to go out and get the bag, we expect to hustle, we expect to look good, we expect to look, um, look uh, fabulous on Instagram and social media and maintain a certain social image while we're out here doing it and working hard and um, providing for our families. And oftentimes we wear ourselves out, we wear ourselves thin and it's time to pour back into yourself. And especially if you have no one else that's doing it for you, no one's cheering you on, or even if you do, you still got to practice self-care. So I encourage you to implement it, even if you don't join me on this challenge, but it's something that you need to do um, effective immediately. So whatever that is for you, and if it's, um, you know, just taking a nap or on a Sunday like today, or um, cooking a meal for yourself instead of eating fast food that's not healthy for you in the first place, whatever it is, begin to implement today so that you can have a better you. A better you is a better people around you. You impact the sphere of your influence. And so if you are better than everyone around you gets better, your environment change, your people change, your family change, your world changes when you get better. And so that's why I am um, helping others on this journey um, to a better you and to overall wellness. And I think it's so vitally important because I think we have, we are women that strong in and of ourselves. We naturally serve others well and it's, it's in our nature to do so and but we have to be reminded to take care of ourselves too to take a break take a step back slow down and stop the pace so that we can regroup and replenish so that we can be a better us for others for the people we serve for for, for being a wife and serving our husbands for serving our children for being um a, a wonderful employee or being a great business owner, whatever it is, we do so much. We have to, we have to have to for our own sanity, for our own well-being, become a better us so that we are not depleted and we're not another statistic that didn't make it far. I don't know about you, but I've had so many Facebook friends who didn't make it over into the new year or who are no longer there, but their profile is still here, but they died early, they died way too early. And it wasn't because of um, you know, anything else, but something health related because of stress and anxiety. Oftentimes I've known two, one died this year because of stress. It impacts your body in a negative way. And if we don't approach it from a holistic, healthy perspective, then we don't wanna be one of those statistics, okay? So it is a serious thing. It's not something to take lightly or to take for granted. It is something that is necessary for your overall well-being. It's about sustenance. It is not about selfishness, but it's about sustenance. Um, getting yourself to a healthy, whole place so that you're not snapping. You're not um, you know, frustrated. So you're not anxious. You're not feeling anxiety. And all of these things that we use to distract ourselves from what's really happening. So if you're band-aiding it with um, getting a drink or you're band-aiding your anxiety with um, whatever it is that your coping mechanism is, then that's a sign 
that's a sign that you have to pull back and implement self-care. So if you need something topically to help you or to ingest, to get you in a place where you can be at ease and relax, then that's, you're depending upon something else outside of you and you've got to work on that. So I didn't mean to go there, but just slow down, slow down, take care of you. It's important. <laughs> I didn't mean to go there. You know, I'm thinking about people when they be smoking weed, you know, they'd be like, they do because they need to, they need to relax. And, you know, if we're relying on substances to get us to a place where we can be at peace, then we don't have true peace. It's not really real. It is, it is intangible. And um, so that cannot create our inner peace. And what, what takes us what allows us to get to that inner peace is doing that inner work. And that's one of the hardest things to do is to face yourself again. That, that's where the real work begins. Like you said, the real work begins internal. And once you begin internally, then you will see a change outwardly. You'll see a change in your circumstances. So like even if your circumstances never change, but you change, then you'll see things differently. You won't feel under the circumstance. You won't feel overwhelmed by it you will feel empowered to continue to go on and press on healthily right. without requiring aid or support from this person. So if that person never supports you, if they never cheer you on, if they never pat you on the back, or if you never get the things that you feel like are necessary for you to go on, you got to build yourself up, right. encourage yourself and stir yourself up and motivate yourself because at the end of the day, you are all you have, you know, Ian. And that is even if you are married and have children, all that stuff. You can be in a room full of people and still be alone. Yep. You can be in an environment full of people and still feel empty at the end of the night and you're still wrestling with your own thoughts. But if you get still and quiet and figure out where you are, locate yourself and get grounded, then you get to a place of wholeness. You can get to a place of, of just overall wellness. And so that's what it's all about. Right. I love that. I like it when you say locate yourself. Yeah, and it's so important because you can be in denial and you, and listen, people always say, well, God don't put anything put on you more than you can bear, but he also cannot heal what you are in denial about and what you won't identify with and what you won't um, deal with. He cannot heal that. He cannot heal what you don't give to him to heal. And so if you're harboring and hiding and keeping it back, um, he made us free moral agents. So we are responsible for ourselves in the fact that he's not going to come in and change your circumstances. Okay. It doesn't work that way. You have to allow him and invite him in to help you out. So if you're not um, inviting the Lord into helping you through the process and you're just um, ignoring it, avoiding it, it doesn't go away. It's still there. And that's why it repeats in your life again. It's still there. It so you, does not go away. So you know what? So the, the key to that is you can't just ignore it, right? You cannot. You have to be aware of it. You because, have to be aware. Right. Nothing can happen if you are not aware of it. And I and I I think a lot of people say that they they just kind of just assume that that it's just gonna be dealt with, that that guy's gonna handle it but yet they're not taking any responsibility for it because you have to take responsibility and be aware first. That's right? so good. That's so good. Awareness yeah. is the one of the first steps because first of all, back to God, not making you a robot. Mm -hmm. He made you a free moral agent and he, 
God, God allows what you allow. So right. if you continue to allow it, hey, it's cool with God. He may not like it. It may not be his perfect will. But if you are allowing certain things to be in your life, if you're allowing yourself to be run down, defeated, depressed, mm-hmm. and stuck in bondage, stuck in a relationship that's unhealthy for you, he'll allow you to stay there. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He's not going to bop you over the head and say, hey, get out of this. It's right. not like that. If you allow it, he allows it. And if you don't at first identify where you are and recognize that this is where I am, this is who I am, this is what I have been. And I no longer want to be this person. I no longer want to be a doormat. I no longer want to be the go-to guy that everyone pulls from at work. And I'm doing it all because I'm trying to please people and not because it's really rewarding or Mm self-fulfilling. All of these things, recognize where your motives, check yourself, check yourself. That's the first key. So get out of denial and then you can move forward to where you need to be. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. We got a late start. Yes, <clears throat> but we, we made it through. But we, we made it. And I know that this information is going to be helpful to a number of ladies out there that are, you know, yes. just kind of stuck, you know. So, but uh, but when we when we finish or now or, you know, well, I guess when, when, when we finish, make sure you go back in and add whatever you want to add. I don't know if you want to drop like the link for the book or, yes, you know, for the, for the sign up or, you know, wh- whichever, but let them know how they can find you. And then yes. that way too, I can take that link. So when I post it on to my podcast, mm-hmm. it'll, it, it'll be there, you know, okay. so, you know, know how to, how to get a hold of you if they want to, you know, work with you or collaborate with you or whichever, you know, in the future. Absolutely. So make, make sure that you do that. So Thanks again for those that have joined us live or for those individuals that are going to catch the replay or maybe listen to this on the podcast. Again, you have joined us for a Queens Roundtable show, which happens every second and fourth Sunday of the month at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this is Ms. Kizzy Spatton Gray, who was a who basically dove into the whole piece about self-care and how important it is. It's not an option. It is necessary, right? You have to. Yes, it's absolutely necessary. Have to stay replenished or you have to replenish yourself. And yes. how important that is. And, and this is, you know, I don't, I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, if you're not an entrepreneur, this is key. This is vital to um, having, having inner peace and being able to, being able to show up and live your best life. And I just say that yes. because I know that everybody can relate to that, you know, live your yes. best life, right? Definitely. So, so thanks again. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show. And, and um, she's going to put her information so you guys can definitely reach out to her. And you thank guys- you for having me, Jacqueline. I love the work that you do. Um, and it's such an inspiration. I love that you platform other women. I love that you cheer women on. And it takes confidence to be able to do that and security in who you are to be able to be a blessing to other people. I love that you build women up so they feel empowered to go on and take charge in their lives and take, you know, just live their best life. And so I appreciate you and what you do. And you always have so much jewels to share. And the people that you um, expose us to is such a blessing. So thank you, Jacqueline, for all that you do as well. Yeah, thank you. So we're going to go ahead and close out. Every Everyone have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. I know for those of us, it's Eastern Standard Time. Um, we're probably getting ready to prepare for our work week. 
For yes. those of us that are not Eastern Standard Time, I know you still got a few more hours, but enjoy the rest of your Sunday and have a safe, productive week. Yes. <laughs> and until <laughs> next time, okay? So everyone take care and bye-bye. See you again soon. Bye-bye. Have a good night.